serves out wide. Pushed back. It's a short ball, but he won't get over the net. Tsitsipas falls to the territory. Wonderful story of Stefanos Tsitsipas. This breakthrough continues. Hello and welcome to the AO Show. I'm James Parkinson. It's day nine and quarterfinal time at the Australian Open. On today's show, we go behind the sports documentary film Winning. What's always appealed to me about the sport of tennis is it's an individual who's out there. And we catch up with tennis legend Mats Villander. The Australian Open has always been the innovator. But we start with a huge result today. Stefanos Tsitsipas is through to the semi-finals, defeating Roberto Batista Agut, an incredible storyline. Here's what Steph had to say following the win. It all feels like a fairy tale, almost. <laughs> it feels like a... It doesn't feel, I mean, I'm just living the dream, living what I've been working hard for. I mean, I feel a bit emotional, but not too much, because I know that, uh, again, I really worked hard to get here, uh, play in the semis of a Grand Slam. Um, I started the year, and they asked me what's one of my goals this year. I said semis, Grand Slam. And I thought, uh, when I was answering this question, I, I thought I was crazy. <laughs> but, uh, no, it is real. And it just happened. It certainly did. A delighted Stefanos sits a pass there. And uh, he's really the talk of the town at the moment. So much buzz around this young man. And uh, for more reaction, I had a chat to AO Radio's Chris Bowers. Chris, uh, sits a pass winning today through to the semifinals. What an amazing story this is, uh, this Oz Open. Yeah, I mean, he's the guy who is really breaking through from his generation. But I think the most exciting thing about that generation is that there is real variety of styles. Variety of personalities, yes, but variety of styles as well. And it's great to see him having played an attacking game against Federer. And then when it came to uh, his match today against Bautista Agut, he played a far more sedate game from the baseline. He was happy to trade punches a lot more, didn't rush the net. Perhaps he should have done a bit more, actually, at times. He might have had a, a slightly shorter match. But I like the fact that he's able to play totally different matches against very different opponents. And he did say, actually, in his on-court interview, that whether he plays TFO or Nadal, he will play two very different matches, depending on who it is. He seems to be a very kind of uh, happy-go-lucky really vibrant player on court you know a really wonderful personality and every interview he's given he seems kind of shocked about you know his progress and where he's at at the moment yeah there's something quite humble about him which i think we're all responding to it gives us an insight into the guy that he really is and uh, i think when we can relate as fans to the players and to see their personality as well as just the way they play tennis um it adds an extra dimension Totally. He's certainly a character, and it's, it's really refreshing to see. The added dimension to the Tsitsipas story, though, is the local fans here. Obviously, a massive Greek community, uh, and really getting behind Tsitsipas. Uh, and it's not too often that you see local support like that um, for a single player, a foreign player at that. What's your take on that kind of atmosphere they're bringing to the tournament, and just the way they're getting behind him? Well, it's wonderful. And in a way, that's what we all live for, those of us who follow sport and who devote our professional lives to sport. You live for those moments of pure sporting theatre, the spectacle that just sort of gives you goosebumps, irrespective of who's actually playing. Absolutely, Chris. Thanks for your time. Appreciate it. No problem.
sits yeah. a pass through to the semi-final. How do you feel? Absolutely marvellous. What an achievement. I am really, really excited. Like, he can even win this. I'm so excited. Best I've felt in 10 years, mate. How exciting. <laughs> I can't believe he actually did it. What does this mean for Greece? Everything. Everything. We're so proud right now. One word. And what is he, is he going to win it this year? Yes, yes, sure. No doubt about it. Of course, 100% he can do it. If he does it, I'll invite him for a Greek cafe, you know, mate. And the big question, can he go all the way this year, guys? Oh, of course he can, of course he can. Anything's possible, he's shown that. Moving on to the other big result in the women's side of the draw, as we continue to follow her incredible journey, Danielle Collins is through to the semi-finals with a win over Pavel Chenkova. Here's her immediate reaction on court. My first time playing on Broad Labor, and um, I didn't even practice on here before, so this was quite the experience, and I absolutely love it. All of the Australian fans have really made me feel at home here, and it's just an incredible atmosphere to play in so thank you so much to everybody that came out and supported me today yes collins just soaking up the atmosphere and uh, enjoying the experience at the Oz open a special moment for the 25 year old to put this into context here's tim solly with karen kraus i'm karen kraus reporter new york times tell us a little bit about danielle's past from what you know well, what's been her journey well she comes from working class parents she says she's the first one from her family to go to college nothing's been handed to her she has had um, benefactors come forward and sponsor her so that she's able to get better coaching and get physios and whatnot and she's been very honest that's made a huge difference so so many people especially back in the states look at tennis as a country club sport a sport for the rich and she does not fit that mold at all there she's had to fight for everything she's gotten in this sport and when you see the emotion that she displays on the court and the feistiness I think that's part of it she's really had to work hard to get to this place Tell us about the last 12 months for her. She's come from outside the top 100, having to work hard to qualify for Grand Slams. Now she finds herself in that 100 and really challenging and uh, taking out some big scalps along the way. Well, as she pointed out after her last win, yes, she lost in the first round of the slams she played in last year, but because she was so, um, because of her ranking, she was playing really good people. So she was not playing poorly in those first round matches. She was just coming up against giants. So um, she had really a really breakthrough tournament in Key Biscayne where she became the first qualifier to make it to the semis and on the way she beat Venus Williams. So um, definitely, I guess we all shouldn't be too surprised by what she's done here. Um, it's just so easy to pay attention to some of the players who have been out here longer, the Madison Keyses, the Sloan Stevenses, but um, she is definitely having a great tournament and in her mind is not really um, doing anything that she didn't think she was fully capable of achieving. Is that part of it? Is that the belief uh, that she's now got? Has she just found that overnight or has she's always been a believer? I think you have to be when you feel as if you are behind the curve and you don't have a lot of the advantages that your opponents have where they come from um, a financial background where they can 
automatically enjoy the best coaching and the best facilities and the most resources she never had that so I think you do develop a fighting spirit because you know that you're just going to have to work that much harder for everything you get because things are not handed to you. Karen fascinating chat hope to chat to you again throughout the tournament. Thank you. Colin serves, match point, second serve lands in, big forehand from Pavla Jenkova, that was out, and Danielle Collins, the 25-year-old college graduate, looks like she's done enough, Pavla Jenkova is challenging this, it looked out, we're going to get a Hawkeye challenge on match point, it is out, and Collins continuing her dream run at the Australian Open she's into the semi-finals for the first time all right time to check in with the Twilight show on AO radio and uh, today's discussion was all about the International Tennis Hall of Fame here's Bridget DeClos Richard Evans and Matt Cronin well, we have a huge committee which meets on the second Monday of Wimbledon, um, a real brains trust. We've got um, Mary Carrillo and John Barrett and Jan Kodes and Stan Smith and uh, a whole host of Two former players, <laughs> Fru McMillan and Gordon Forbes and uh, Sam Smith, who's uh, doing work here out on the, the s- centre yeah. court. And we sit and we debate and we pour through so many results and decide who is worthy of entering the International Hall of Fame. So it's not a nomination situation. You have well, a look we, yourselves. Uh, no, 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 let me okay, uh, yep. walk you through the stages. Yes. Because we then decide, after all this discussion, um, who should be put forward ah. for nomination. Mm-hmm. And then it goes to 150 media people worldwide, and you have to get 70%. So it's not like um, Brexit and the idiot <laughs> referendum, where, which was 50-50. You have to get 70%. How many, uh, how many names do you put to them? That varies year by year, right. and that's a huge topic of conversation. Do you put one superstar in who's obviously going to get nominated and then people won't vote for anybody else, or do you put a whole yeah. number of people in? Anyway, this year it came out with um, Yevgeny Kofelnikov of Russia and Mary Pierce of France and Linar of China, and all of them, strangely, had won two Grand Slams and the two Grand Slams they'd won all of them were the (laughs) The French French and the Australian Australian. (laughs) so that was a coincidence but uh, you have to virtually win certainly have to win a Grand Slam and probably have to win two to get nominated Right. well Eugenie Kafelnikov do you you think he's a good choice Matt? Between all three, see, I would say yes, yes, yes to all of them. Yeah, yeah. I mean, well, to win two made, Grand Slams. If you win slams. two Slams, that's really important, all of them. He was in you a final two in one. Australia. Yep, that's right. And he when was he also... Won, that was 1999, wow. right? With the Russian, I remember that. Previously on the AO Show, we've discussed the uh, Sports Film Festival, new at the Australian Open this year, and uh, one of the films on show is a documentary called Winning. I spoke to its director and producer, Jacqueline Joseph, for more. Hi, I'm Jacqueline Joseph. I'm the director and producer of a documentary called Winning. So tell me, what is Winning all about? Winning is the story of five legendary athletes and why they achieve greatness, and it features 12-time Australian Open champion Martina Navratilova, the golfer Jack Nicholas, 
Olympic gold medalist, perfect 10, Nadia Komenich, track and field legend, Edwin Moses, who still has the longest winning streak in track and field, and Esther Vergeer, who also won multiple titles in wheelchair tennis at the Australian Open and a gold medal at the Sydney Paralympics. What did you find while producing this film um, that was unique to tennis and unique to, to those stories? I think one of the things that was really fascinating is that that people forget at this point in time, which is, you know, Martina had a huge impact on professional tennis, women's tennis and tennis in general and women's sports in in a couple of ways. One is that she was one of the first athletes to really spend a lot of time doing off-court training and essentially cross-training, which today everyone takes for granted. But but she was one of the first who did that in in tennis and then in women's sports and, and beyond. And the second thing is, is that she was one of the first tennis players, if not the first, to have what's considered today an entourage. She had a coach, she had a trainer, a nutritionist, and, and now again, if you look at all of the top tennis players, they, they have multiple people who are part of their team. So I think she sort of revolutionized the sport in that way. What else grabs you about tennis and tennis stories and you know, feeds that hunger to, to tell those stories uh, in a really you know, fascinating way through, through film? I think what's appealing to me, what's always appealed to me about the sport of tennis is that it's an individual who's out there by herself or himself. Each time you go play tennis, and Martina talks about this in the film, it's a new opportunity. The ball never comes over the net the same way twice. I think that's a direct quote, actually, from her. But I think that's true, and I think that's part of what the challenge is. So the film has screened here at the uh, the Sports Film Festival at the Australian Open, so people have really got their, their first taste of it. How can people watch this uh, at home, uh, and what other options are there for, for people to, to consume the film? Yeah, we're really honoured to have the film included in the inaugural Australian Open Sports Film Festival, and the film is released on Netflix and iTunes worldwide, including in Australia, and so sports fans and tennis fans around the world have the opportunity to watch it through one of those, um, as, as well as Amazon, and uh, they can also follow thewinningfilm.com as the website and on social media, The Winning Film, and, and learn about future screenings and, and other aspects of the release. Fantastic. Well, thanks so much for your time today, and I can't wait to see it. And best of luck with future projects. Thank you very much. Thank you for having me on the show. Appreciate it. Lastly today, we catch up with another tennis legend to get their perspective on the game and the Oz Open. And today, I spoke with former world number one, Mats Villander. Players have a lot of great stuff these days, a lot of facilities you know, at their disposal. Um, we've got the new player pod here at uh, in Melbourne Park. Mm-hmm. What do you wish that you had at your disposal uh, as a player back in the day? Um, well, it's deeper than that. I wish I had the knowledge of how important uh, and how strong physically you can become if you have uh, a team around you. Um, and whether that's a tennis coach or not, but if to have a physical trainer and a physical therapist, I think we didn't really have the money in the, in the past. I mean, obviously, if you were a great player, then you had the money, but if you're sort of 20, 30, 40 in the world, then you could never have that chance because you, you couldn't pay. So then nobody does it, and I wish that that was uh, the case, that I realized how important the physical part of it was. How do you think the game has, has evolved over the years? What's, what's different about uh, the modern game now? Well, it's more explosive. The athletes are stronger, um, bigger, and they are still as fast or maybe even faster. Uh, In our day, we could run forever. I can run forever. That's not a problem. Uh, I'm pretty flexible enough. 
And for my game and my racket that I had to use, I thought I was strong enough. But because the equipment is di different, uh, being strong and, and having very fast racket head speed so you can spin the ball with the help of strings and heavier tennis balls, you need to be stronger. And in our day, the balls were faster. You couldn't spin it as much, so the necessity of being physically strong was less important, but you had to be able to run. What are your feelings and thoughts on, on the Australian Open and how this tournament has evolved over the last few yeah. years? A lot of modern advancements now, yeah. um, a lot happening, um, a lot of progress. Thoughts on that? Yeah, unbelievable progress. I mean, obviously, it's become a, become a fanfare of uh, not just tennis, but it's bringing people and kids to the, to the site. And if they get a chance to watch a little tennis, I think that they're, they come here inspired because it's an event. And then I think that will inspire them to, to love tennis, to, to hopefully hit a few balls, whether it's an older, older person or a younger person. I think it's a great way to grow the game and, and the interest in the game. But, I mean, the Australian Open has always been the innovator when it comes to, to new things that make sense. Thanks for your time. Appreciate it. You're welcome. And that's it for Day 9. Thanks to you for listening, and please join us again for Day 10. See you then.